school buses, tiny homes, converted vans, and more. Why the world is going crazy over homemade RVs on this episode of RV Miles. Welcome to RV Miles, your home for RV and camping news, reviews, travel guides, and more. I'm Jason. And I'm Abby, and we are so excited to welcome you to episode four of the RV Miles podcast. If you would like to find today's show notes, you can do so at rvmiles.com slash episode four. You can also keep up with RV Miles on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Or if you're interested in keeping up with Jason and I's personal travels with our three boys, you can also find us at OurWanderingFamily.com. And we are also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. That's right. We've got a great show today. We're going to talk about apps that make RV life easier. And we're going to talk about the rise of sort of the non-traditional RV. School buses. Vans. What have you? Yep, tiny homes. Thing. But before we do that, let's start with the news. All right. So we've we've been talking about the eclipse for the last few weeks. It's five days away it's, as we're recording this. Yeah. We have five days to go. It's Monday, August twenty first. I just saw somebody post a video just minutes ago of traffic already getting into some of the more touristy national park type areas in Oregon. And I think you're going to see a lot more of that this weekend. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to try, from what they were saying, it was like just completely backed up. And they were saying it was like taking 10 hours to just go like one to two hour distance, I, I think is what they, you that, said they're, to me. They're saying that, that that's going to be what it's going to be like on Monday. Okay, is so if you're planning to drive on Monday, you should leave on Saturday and you should get there by Monday. Just make sure you have everything you need because apparently everyone's going in the same direction you're going to be going in. But we talked kind of about all of this in depth in episode three. Yeah. So was it episode three or was it episode two? We've talked about it in both episodes. Have we? Yeah. So you can go back and listen to it twice. <laughs> but on two today we wanted to talk about, we, there was a re- report that came out today from the Better Business Bureau that there's a lot of scams going on surrounding the eclipse. You can't take anyone to a party anymore. So just be mindful. They were saying, especially when it comes to the solar eclipse glasses, really make sure that you have glasses that are coming from a certified dealer or I, I don't know, the national park. We got ours from the national park. So just make sure, double check that. And then also they had said that they've gotten reports of campground scams, which is Really bogus. Yeah, it's sad it, to hear. travel accommodations in general. They there have been reports of a lot of hotels that have uh, canceled people's bookings so that they can rebook an, somebody new for a much higher price. There are a bunch of free festivals across the country, and they're seeing websites popping up selling tickets to these free festivals. Karma people. So Karma. watch out where you're. Watch out where you're putting your money and. Make sure if you're buying something for the eclipse, if you're buying a ticket or uh, a, if you're reserving a campground, pay with a credit card. 
It's the easiest way to protect yourself from fraud, especially, you know, these people that are renting out their backyards and, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And we've got this all in an article on RV Miles, and we won't go too much into it because we've talked about it a lot, but it'll be in the show notes. There'll be a link to the Better Business Bureau where you can kind of go and get a little bit more information about what they're saying. So just be mindful over the next several days as we all prepare for this big event. Yeah. All right. Uh, what's next? Another cool news piece we, we posted this week. Uh, you can buy your own, your very own California gold mine. Yeah, you're going to have to battle me for this one because <laughs> I'd like us to go write a check <laughs> tomorrow There's for this. A pro- now, it's $500,000. That's, I have like 1% it's, of that. It's a lot of money. <laughs> uh, but this is an hour outside of L.A., it's pretty prime real estate for $500,000, and you can say that it's a gold mine. I mean, you know, come on now. It's called the Monte Cristo mine, and most of the gold mine stuff is gone, but it's actually been set up as a camp uh, for several years, and there are three RVs that come with the property that are on site, along with parking pads and decks for them. Really? So you can leave those. You can bring your own RV, whatever you want. You can make your own little well, right. mini campground getaway, which has always sort of been my kind of dream to have yes, a place has. where we can just pull our own yes. property. We can all pull up our RV on our own. We've been talking a lot about that lately. That's been kind of at the front of your mind recently. Um, but in regards to this particular property... Who is, is this through a private seller or is this actually through it's, like the is, national park? No, this is through a realtor. It's in it the is. national okay. forest, um, but in it, but it's deeded so that you actually can still mine for gold on it um, because you would have the land rights. Not that there might be anything left, but this is, it's a historic <laughs> gold mine. It's, it's kind of cool. There's some, if you go to the website, there's some photos from the 1890s. Yeah. We'll uh, link to it in the show notes as well. But I mean, what kind of a cool piece of history to own, you know, yeah. I think it's only 25 five acres it's not a ton of land but but it's still a big it's not you know it's not just a place to park your right and there's it seems like there's a lot of potential to sort of create something really amazing here and then too just to have like this piece of property and again i think an hour outside of la for only five hundred thousand dollars you can't even get half an acre yeah. in la for five hundred thousand oh, dollars it's 25 acres of private land and 17 mining claims that encompass 351 acres. What? So, you know, you got 351 acres of national forest that you can go mine for gold in. Oh, wow. And so <laughs> that's a that's a kind of a game changer. You just acquired like 376 acres of land for $500,000. I just think it's kind of fun and I, you know, would love later on in life or sooner in life to do something like that and and own a piece of property and to be so close to a great destination like LA and to be in California and to be so close to the coast and so many other national parks and camping adventures it's our it's also already set up with solar power gravity fed water uh, it's got security and internet on site. I so don't know how we even had time be. to write about this. I would assume it went on the market and should have been off the market just as quick <laughs> as it went on. So there's, we'll have to. There's probably something wrong with it. There probably <laughs> It's probably like going to collapse in on itself or it's just on a giant sinkhole and it's waiting. You know, <laughs> it's got issues with earthquakes. Who knows? So, but it's kind of a fun piece of information to have. So, if you're listening and you just happen to have a random five hundred thousand dollars laying around, 
There you go. We've solved your problem. Don't we all? <laughs> yes. It's a it's a hard problem to have that pesky $500,000. <laughs> so, but anyway, that'll be in the show notes. You can check it out and check out those pictures for yourself. And, you know, if you end up purchasing it, let us know. Invite us over. Yeah, invite us over. We'll, we'll make sure it's all legit. <laughs> <laughs> all right. What's next? Well, that's the news for today. But I wanted to go into um, a subject that comes up a lot in some of the uh, RV online news groups, and that's RV driver's license requirements. Oh, yeah. This is a, a big conversation. Like, a lot of people ask these questions, and a lot of people have a lot of advice it to give on this. It often gets very heated. It does, doesn't it? It's, a, it's really interesting for anyone who participates in these groups, especially through Facebook, these yeah. RV groups, how heated these conversations can get, especially when someone is is asking, and I think legitimately asking for help and advice, how heated people get with one another when their their views on the subject differ. It's surprising because RVers are, are the nicest people I know. we ever meet in person, <laughs> and then sometimes online they can get a little cranky. They can, and so I would hope that, like... You know, maybe some of that campground vibe could come a little bit more into some of these groups because, you know, I think some of these people who are trying to figure out if this is for them, it's kind of a big turn on to watch everybody fighting and, you yeah. know, saying what their idea is. Turn is off, the best. you mean. It's a turn off. Oh, did I say turn on? Yeah. That's a whole, that's a whole, that's a whole different thing. <laughs> that's a whole different conversation. Maybe we can edit that out or maybe you probably won't. You'll probably oh, no. leave it in there and I'll be so okay. embarrassed. <laughs> I think you all know what I meant, though. You can't see it, but my face is so red. Okay, you talk about driver's license. So the conversation normally starts out like this. Somebody posts online, do I need a CDL to drive my new big rig RV? And that those letters, CDL, is what starts all the heated conversation. Because CDL stands for commercial driver's license. And technically, no, you don't need a CDL to drive most RVs out on the road. But the real question you're asking when you ask that is, do I need a special driver's license to drive my RV? And that might be true in a lot of states. If you go to our website and check out the article on RV driver's license requirements, you'll see we've listed all of the different states and we've gone through and checked with each one to see what their requirements are. And there are about 17 states that do require you to have a special license if your RV is rated to carry over 26,000 pounds. Okay, so if your gross vehicle weight rating is over 26,000 pounds, you might want to check because it's very possible that you need to have a special license. Also, in a couple states, if you're towing over 10,000 pounds which anybody that's towing a fifth wheel is usually towing over 10,000 pounds, you might need a special driver's license. You're not going to need a CDL unless you're in Hawaii. I don't think we've got a lot of RV drivers out in Hawaii. (laughs) But in a few circumstances, you might need a CDL. And this is where I'm going to get some feedback. I'm going to get some people arguing with me because CDL does stand for Commercial Driver's License. It is a program implemented by the federal government. But states are allowed to are allowed to make the standards for a CDL more strict. They're allowed to decide who they apply to. So if you are towing, if your if your total length is longer than this that state's minimum requirement or longer than that state's maximum, 
Some states usually have a maximum length between, usually it's between 60 and, and 80 feet long. If your vehicle is longer that, than that, you might be required to have a CDL just because there is no other license that would allow you to tow that. If you have a motorhome that is longer than 45 feet, which is very, very rare. That's a, that's a lot of motorhomes. But there are a few. <laughs> and I want to go to their motorhome if they do. <laughs> states have reciprocal agreements for driver's licenses and registration. So if you are legal in your state with your driver's license and your registration, you should be legal in another state when you're traveling through. That does not apply to things like your overall length. You might you might be in a state where their maximum length is 70 feet and you're 75 feet long. It might not be legal for you to be in that state. So you want to check and be careful when you get long rigs or when you decide to tow something long behind your already long rig. So where would someone go to find out this information? So you want really you want to you want to go to the in, in Illinois, our state, it's the Secretary of State's office, other states at the Department of Motor Vehicles. Wherever you go to get your driver's license, you, you want to find out from them. But be careful because a lot of them don't know the answer, right? Okay. A lot of them are, you might, you know, you might go to a state trooper and the state trooper tells you it's this thing, but they're often wrong. So you, what you really want to do is be able to actually look up the law in your state. All states usually have a place where you can go online and look up what the law says okay. and find out. All right. Now you can on our article and those states that do have special requirements, we've linked to where we could to find the law. I also want to point out that there's an article that's been going around for a long time from a website called Changing Gears that is a listing of driver's licenses. And it is way out of date. It's okay. it's like twelve years old. Um, and and I store, sort of use this at, use that article and another one that's going around from from Outdoorsy um, that actually does say you need a CDL in several states. I use those two articles to sort of check with all these states, find the info, and come up with the right thing. So basically, the idea is is that you can use these articles that you might come across as a jumping off place. Mm -hmm. But really, at the end of the day, the very best thing to do is go to your state's website, find this information, yeah. find the law for yourself. Because while everyone has the best of intentions when we are sharing this information online, when we are sharing articles or writing articles, these laws change, things become outdated, new laws come in, and it's always just the very best policy to see it written on your state's web page. And I think, too, you know, another thought I had is, so you're talking about, like, let's say you are pulling and you have a particular length in your state. And let's say I cross into uh, Missouri or Iowa from Illinois and the law changes. What do you do there? Like, do you have to have some kind of special do is that when you have to say, well, I should probably just go get a CDL just in case because I know I'm pulling something or I know my length is rather long because I think that becomes a little tricky. Like what we might know to be the law in our state. Yes, you're right. It's not perhaps maybe won't be the law in another state. But how do you navigate that? Because that seems like a lot of information to try and take on. Yeah, it's tricky. And, you know, 
a CDL is really expensive to get and yeah. it and takes training and, and lots of lots of stuff. And, and it's not really a route that anybody wants to take. A lot of states have in Illinois, you know, if you're over 26,000 pounds in Illinois, you're supposed to have a non-commercial class B or class A license. And these are exactly the same as a CDL, except they cost a lot less to get. Okay. And they don't have the same requirements for drug testing and now things like that. Now would that um, also that type of driver's license then would also apply to your length? Uh I mean, again, I think that's probably something you have to go to the website and yeah, just throw on questions at you, but it's not I'm curious. clear. It's not always clear and it seems to be different from state to state. And some states don't have a non-commercial class A or B. So for instance, if you're going if you're from New York, you have to get a uh and you're over twenty six thousand pounds, you have to get uh, a special RVer uh endorsement on your okay. license which is not a class a or class b so it's different from wherever you're from so but it sounds it, like for the majority of yeah. us what we know in our state and and the majority of rvs out on the road are pretty are pretty okay with just if if you have the license. right license for the right for your vehicle you should be good in any state that you go to as long as your rig is not outside of the parameters of that state's laws. There you have it. That'll be on the show notes. Um, anything else in the news or is that it? That's it. That's so it. we will be right back with the answer to last week's brain teaser. All right. And we're going to talk about some apps for RVers. I know. I like this article that we're about to talk about. See you in a bit. to rent an RV? Or perhaps you'd like to rent out your own and make a little money? Whatever your needs, RV Share has you covered. As the fastest growing peer-to-peer online RV rental platform, RV Share is similar to Airbnb's concept of travel, but for RVs. Every rental booked through their secure payment system is backed by a $10,000 guarantee and includes 24-hour travel concierge and roadside assistance. With options across the country, there's an RV rental or renter out there for you. For more information, visit rvmiles.com slash rvshare and get started today. Okay, Abby, last week's brain teaser. Last week's brain teaser. Let me read through it again. Yes. All right. So, every day at noon in France, an ocean liner sails to New York. And simultaneously in New York, an ocean liner sails to France. The crossing takes seven days and seven nights in either direction. How many ocean liners will an ocean liner leaving France today pass at sea by the time it arrives in New York? Okay. We're four episodes in, and I think it's probably well established now that I didn't do this between last podcast <laughs> and this one. So I think it's great that you read it to me, and I will always give my heartiest of answers. But let's just let's just accept the fact <laughs> that I don't know this answer because I didn't think about it all week. <laughs> but hopefully somebody else did. Hopefully somebody talked about it with somebody else while they were in the car and came up with the answer for me. So in order to find the answer to this, you have to account for the ships that are already at sea. 
Okay. So the crossing takes seven days. When a ship is leaving at noon on whatever day of the week it is, there are already seven ships out seven at ships. sea. Because yep. one is left every day. So when your ship leaves, it will encounter those seven ships plus a ship for each day that is out on, on the sea. So the answer is 14. All right. There All you right. go, 14. I wonder how many people got that. I'd love to know. If you send an answer, nobody has sent us any answers yet. I know. Yet. Send us an send answer. Send us an answer. We will say your name on the podcast. <laughs> Even if it's wrong, because <laughs> clearly I'm not putting like a lot of stock into getting the answer right, because I'm not even doing the puzzle like I should be. <laughs> but this week, we'll have a new puzzle, and I picked the puzzle this week, and I'm going to read it to Jason, and I think it'll be very interesting to see the difference between the puzzles Jason picks and the puzzle I picked for this week. It will be interesting. It'll be very interesting. But anyway, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> All right, we're going to talk about some apps for our viewers. We love apps. We They're do. They're our favorite thing on our phone. And you know, I mean, RVing so is is a way we we try to get away from, you know, the everyday lifestyle, at least a lot of us that are out there trying to get away from technology a little bit sometimes. But let's be honest, apps on smartphones have really made life a lot easier for the RVer out there. And, you know, I think, too, though, on the flip side is that for people who do this lifestyle full time, you know, while we all love to unplug and get away, you know, life does go on as well. And you have to participate in that and for those of us working on the road and traveling and a lot of these apps we have on here are just really great apps to have as you're getting from point a to point b or planning how you want to get from point a to point b and that's kind of what i love about you know modern technology for the traveler for the rver is how convenient it's become now to figure out what to do and where to go and you know, when the next gas station is coming. (laughs) So anyway, we're not going to go through all of them. It was 17 suggestions, but we thought we would just pick out a few and, you know, you can pop over to the website and read all of them for yourself. See if your favorite one's on there. So the first one is All Stays. Or it's actually called Camp and RV in the App Store. And I should point out that all of these apps are iPhone apps because we're Apple users. Yeah. But most of them are available for Android as well. Uh, But I haven't double-checked every single one of them. Right. So it's... Allstays app is called Camp and RV. Allstays has several apps, and Camp and RV is sort of their premium one. It's ten dollars, but it's worth it. But it's well worth it. They've got thirty thousand campgrounds on this. Yeah, it's worth it. It is the most complete listing of campgrounds there is, with reviews from from RVers just like you. Um, It's got WalMarts and whether or not people have been able to stay at those WalMarts. And that's a big one because, you know, I know we all like to say, oh, you can overnight at a Walmart. But I think we all also know that you can't overnight at every Walmart. And so it's really cool to have this on the app for those of us who just want somewhere to stop and sleep in between to know, oh, well, we can't we need to go 10, 15 more miles to get to that. It's got BLM land. It's got truck stops, other overnight parking. Um, what what I love about it is is you can filter it based on your needs. So if you're specifically looking for, we love Corps of Engineers campgrounds. So you can filter it by Corps of Engineers. You can filter it by just publicly owned campgrounds, which would give you state parks, national parks, Corps of Engineers, national forests. 
You can filter it by 30 amp, by 50 amp. You can filter it based you on... You can filter it by everything. By everything, really. <laughs> I um, mean, let's just be honest. Well, it's well, like everything the, the length you of your of. rig, you know. Yeah. And uh, what, what, what I think is the greatest thing about this app... The greatest, greatest. ...is all the data is built into the app, so you'll still be able to use it when you're not connected to the internet, when you, when you don't have a cell signal. That is so great. Yeah. And you know, at first I was like, $10. It's what? the most I've ever spent on an app, for sure. But we have gotten that $9.99 we have. back in space. Yeah. So it's, and, and it's all top stays, of the list. The Allstays website is great, too. And if you pay to become one of their premium members on the Allstays website, you get the full page maps. And it's a really, really convenient site for our viewers. We really love it, so check it out. So there's that one. So that was kind of our top one. So what's another one we want to talk about? Uh, well, we have two weather apps that we like. We do. And no RVer has less than two weather weather apps. Everybody's got at least two. <laughs> really? Because I only have one I, well, on my phone, but I know you have two. I, think I, I guess that makes me lesser. I think I have four or five. <laughs> really? But the two that I recommend that I like the best are both from the Weather Channel. And they really can't be beat. The Weather Channel's weather app is really easy to use, really simple interface. Um, it's got the best weather data. It's the most accurate. But what I love is it's raining outside right now, right, as we're recording this. I got a notification 15 minutes before it started raining saying the rain will start at 3.56 p.m. And that, that can, you know, if it's nice and sunny outside... As it was today, and that happens, that can be such a lifesaver to you to get you, you know, if you're out on a trail or... Yeah, just to be prepared. To, to when get, we're out. put your awning in. Yep. It's, it's really, really useful. And you can even check what the weather, what the road conditions are like on your route that you're going on. Love it. And it's a free app, so it's, free. it's great for everything it's got for being free. Their other app is called Storm Radar, and... The radar is also built in that weather app, but what I love about Storm Radar is you open it and it's just the radar. You're right there and you can see the, the, the weather as it's coming to you and it's got six hours of future radar. So and that's really nice because going. we have kids yeah. that sometimes can get really nervous with storms, especially if there's a lot of heavy thunder and lightning. And, you know, sometimes when you're an RV, those sounds are really magnified. And so to be able to open this app for them and show them how this storm is moving and kind of, you know, calm their fears a little bit and say, look at this radar here. You see how it's moving through. It's going to push forward. And very soon the storm is going to have moved on. And I just kind of think that's nice for peace of mind. If you are traveling with someone who maybe feels a little nervous when storms are coming in or when they're there, this is a great app to kind of help calm those fears a bit. So the next one is called coverage question mark. <laughs> that comes up a lot. And <laughs> will we have coverage? In this campground? Yeah, so essentially this is an app that maps the four major cellular carriers' coverage zones. So that's AT&T, Sprint, Verizon, and, and T-Mobile. Yeah, okay. and you can see where you're going if you'll have coverage. You can And you can filter it by 3G, LTE, 4G, etc. That's and, fancy. And this, is, this app is put together by the... Folks over at Technomadia, Chris and Shree, mm -hmm. uh, and RVMobileInternet.com is a great website, by the way. If you're trying to figure out how you're going to get internet on the road, RVMobileInternet.com. They have a lot of great information yes, about how to go about that. 
but this is really convenient. So you can see, is this campground I'm going to be at, is it, is it going to have service? Really simple. It's $2.99, which is a little on the pricey side. It's a side. little pricey. Uh, I mean... But it's convenient, and I like using it. I use it a lot. Um, okay. They, they also have another app, and this one's four ninety nine, so it's even more expensive. But I like this one better than yeah. the one you just listed. So this one's called State Lines, and this app tells you just real basic stuff about the state you're crossing into. It'll tell you what the tax rates are. It'll tell you what the driving laws are. Can I turn right on a red arrow? You know, uh, can I make U-turns? It will tell you... Uh, you know, smoke. Are there smoking bans in this state? This is like Jason's dream app in a way because he really loves to know sort of like all of this. I don't want to say useless information. That doesn't seem like the right thing to say, but, <laughs> mm. but you do kind of really like you have spent many nights like at the end of your night just kind of flipping through to be like, what's the tax law in this state? Oh, did you know that in Pennsylvania? And, you know, I'm over there reading a book and I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> we, we, I, on multiple occasions when we've had no Internet or cell service, I've used this app. To just like scroll through different states and be like, hey, did you know that this state? (laughs) And I always say, no, I didn't know that there was a smoking ban in X state or that the tax was 9.75. So So some of those things that we talked about in the driver's license segment, though, the overall length um, allotments and whether you're allowed to triple toe or not, that stuff is in this app as well. So that is not useless. That's important information. That's important information. So I didn't know that was in there. So you can get the so Technomatia. They're they're they have an app bundle of state lines coverage, and then another app that is called um, what was it called Public Lands that shows you where all the different public lands in the country. Again, it's a simple app that just shows you what general areas of the country are pu- public. And you can bundle. So that you can all see, together. you know, am I going to be cool boondocking on this blm land or not it's it's great and you can you can get all those app to apps together for 8.99 nice the next app that i really love is called genius scan yeah this is a great app for us as travelers yeah especially as full-timers but even if you're not full-timer this might be useful for you while you're on the road you never know especially if you're not if you don't want to keep paper everywhere Mm -hmm. uh if you don't have a lot of storage genius scan essentially turns your phone into a scanner so you can you use it and it uses your camera to take a picture of a of a piece of paper and it automatically flattens out that piece of paper and makes it look just like a document you would have on your computer and you can combine multiple pages into a single document and you can email them off you can save them to your google drive you can do lots of different things with them you want to take you want to Use it for your receipts. It's great for that. If you want to have records of your kids' homeschool work, yeah. it's great for that. And the thing about receipts Trail maps. just made me think about receipts, especially if you're a homeschooling family on the road and you are participating in activities that cost and they can fall under your homeschool. Yeah. You can write those off mm-hmm. at the end of the year. You will need to have record receipts but this is a great way to not end up with a shoebox full of receipts you can have them all accessed onto your phone or saved onto google drive and i mean that's been great for us like yeah they have a companion app called genius facts that uh if if you're working with one of those 
weird state agencies that require you to fax things or, you know, anybody that's living in the dark ages. I was going to say, does anyone really fax anymore? <laughs> like, is that really a thing? You can use it to fax it. There's a small fee to send a, a single fax, but but you can use it. And that's, that's really great for us as well. We, you know, update our insurance information with our insurance company. That way you sign documents, send them off. So you can see already like who faxes in this household and who doesn't because i'm like faxing what's that normally you hope that they'll just take an email but 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 the the but the the thing is that emails are not considered private to most government agencies oh so they usually require you to send a fax same thing with like hospitals they won't usually they won't usually email you hospital records but they'll fax them to you because it's considered private Cool. All right. Next app, Google Photos. Yeah, this app just came in really handy for me. Over yeah, the, Abby over the just week. had to have her phone repaired, and Google Photos came in really handy to back up yeah, information. Yeah, backed up that. the 3,000 pictures <laughs> I had on my phone. <laughs> so the way Google Photos, particularly the app works, is it automatically backs up any all the photos on your phone Anytime you're connected to an internet connection. Yeah. And it gives you unlimited storage. If As long as you don't store giant size photos, it, it stores them at a, a pretty large size. You have unlimited storage. Well, now one thing about that, though, is they actually do give you 30 gigabytes of storage where you can upload your original photo for whatever file size it yeah. was. And once you use up that 30, you can't do that anymore. And then they're going to ask you to do what the other the option size. is. But it's still a really good quality size photo. Right. And especially for what we use our photos for and how we use them through social media, to be able to put it into Google Photos. And then I can go and I can create albums. And this is where, if you really like to organize, this is where it just becomes like your dream because you can put it into albums you can have them recognize faces and then I can go in and be like oh I really like this picture I want to share it on Instagram and then right there from Google Photos I can just share it onto Instagram and do everything that I would have done except the nice thing is I'm not taking up any more space anymore on my phone yeah and my pictures I mean I have the iPhone 7 and I have quite a lot of room on it I think I have like the, what is it 120 128 yeah. I was using like 60 of that, and most of that is in pictures and videos. Yeah. So I, it's almost like I have a brand new phone now because <laughs> I pulled it all off and it's all on Google Photos. Yeah, and you know, I just, I lost a phone recently. I didn't lose it. It, 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 it broke. It, it broke. <laughs> Let's be honest. And the photos weren't backed up, and we've lost all those oh. photos. And it, it was disappointing. Let's not talk about now it. Now we have Google Google Photos on our phones, and it's backing up everything. And that's really nice. The other cool thing about Google Photos is it's got built-in photo editing capabilities. So yeah. you, can, you can crop, you can adjust the contrast and all that sort of stuff. And another thing too, and then we'll get off of this because we've spent a lot of time on it, but for people who maybe aren't comfortable with sharing their travels on social media, there is an option in Google Photos where you can invite members of your family to a particular album that you have created, and then you can put those photos in there and your family can come in and they can see the photos from your travels without you having to share it across any social media platform. So you can keep your travels private 
it, but you can also share them with your loved ones without having to send an email, without having to text a bunch of people. It's just in the album and they can come and look whenever they want. Yeah. And I think that's really cool. So the next one is called Skyview, and this is another free app. And this is an app that allows you to to figure out what stars you're seeing in the sky are. Yeah, this is a really fun app, especially with kids. Yeah, I, it doesn't even need to be kids; just anybody. So you can you take it, you open it up, and you hold it up to the sky at night, and wherever whichever direction you point it, it follows around and it tells you what those stars are that you're looking at in that direction. You don't have to scroll around or anything. It automatically does it. And we used it to find the International Space Station, didn't we, when we were at your parents? Yeah, and we so we were able to find it on the, on the phone, and we were able to see the International Space Station it takes about two minutes to fly across the sky. It's very cool. And this is when his parents live in the Quad Cities, which is in the Iowa-Illinois border. So it was really cool to watch this thing book it because, man, it books across mm-hmm. the sky for two minutes, like around 10 o'clock at night, two nights in a row. You can identify planets. You know, if you've ever argued over, oh, I think that's Jupiter, <laughs> I think that's, you know, Venus over there, you can identify those planets Let's and consult- you can just, <laughs> yeah. you consult Skyview and you there can you see. There you go. It's a really great app. And what I also love is that the map of the stars is in red. So it's very dim, so your eyes don't have to adjust between going back and forth between the phone and the the app itself. All right. So a couple more, and then I think we've probably yeah. done a really good sort of sampling of what we've got on the article. I exit. I exit. We were this just talking about this. This is really popular with RVers, and it's so simple and brilliant. And it took a long time for for somebody to figure out this, but it works so well iExit just, all it does is it, it figures out what interstate you're traveling on based on your GPS location, what direction you're traveling, and it tells you what is available, what services are available at the next few exits. It's so brilliant. So you and can so see, <laughs> and it has built-in gas prices and, and uh, Yelp ratings for restaurants. So you can see, well, does it make sense for me to stop for fuel at this at this exit or should I wait should one I or two going? more to get a better price or if I really want a Wendy's <laughs> I gotta have that frosty <laughs> you can see which exit's gonna have it all right the last app we're going to talk about is called history here this and is a cool app this is from the history channel what it does is it tells you what happened in history in that location that you're standing at or in the nearby area It'll use your GPS and it'll say, you know, in 1874, X and X happened at this spot and it gives you information about it. And you can look at historic pictures of that spot so you can sort of match them up with with what you're seeing. Uh, And you can even take there's walking tours that they've listed and it's all put together by History Channel experts. And it's great because I like to be able to learn a little bit about something before we go so that when I'm sharing it with our boys, I can sort of articulate it a little bit better because I've had some time to digest the information before I then go and want to impart it to them. So this is kind of nice to be able to do that a little bit before we go and check out a location. Um, And now I know we had said a couple more, but you skipped like the one that I wanted to talk about. And I want to go back to it because I know it's so cliche, (laughs) but I want to go back and talk about Instagram because I think it's a really important app 
I have found it to be a really important app as we have become more and more actively involved in the RV community. It is. If you if you have been avoiding Instagram because you think it's something for millennials or it's it's and it, it is, it, but it is. it's for everybody though. And, or <laughs> it doesn't it's, matter you know, what it's, generation you are. It's it's if you th- if you're not a social media person or what have you, Instagram is great because it is. It's especially if if you have family members that want to be updated on your travels all the time and you don't want to write blog posts and all that sort of stuff, Instagram, you take a photo, you upload it, you put a little caption where you are, and you're done. And it's also a great way to find out cool lo- cool, cool things locations. And, and where you are. You can just type in a hashtag. Don't be scared of that word. <laughs> This, if you don't know what a hashtag is, I'm going to explain it to you now. This is what it's for. You type in the hashtag and you can find. So, so it's hashtag RV miles. Hashtag RV miles. And then you will find all pictures that have been tagged RV miles. If you, ta- if you type in hashtag Old Faithful, you can see all the people that have tagged Old Faithful. You can see where they stood to take pictures. So you can find the best spot to stand. You can see what it looks like before you go. And and all these things are great. But the reason why I wanted to put it on the list, the biggest reason why I had suggested it, was because I have found a community there. I have found, in a way, support for other people who are living the particular lifestyle that we're living or who are enthusiastic travelers. We have found other families and in a way, we have built um, relationships with particular Instagram users. Yeah, and it's a great way to keep up with people that is. you might run into on it the road, is. especially without. You know, if you if you're making if you're friending somebody on Facebook, that's a little more personal. They have your name and your your yep. info and all that. Instagram is Instagram is public to anybody, so you it's don't just your handle. You don't have to use your full name. Nope. You don't have to have any describing information. Just the people that you give it out to know that it's you, and and you can feel safe and secure with sharing pictures and and things like that. It's a great place to find a community of like-minded individuals celebrating and sharing the RV lifestyle. So. You know, I know everyone knows Instagram, but I just really felt like it was an important one of all the the big ones yeah. to put on there. So that's my spiel. We can now close this conversation <laughs> and take a break. All right. We're going to be back in a little bit. And we're going to talk about the revolution of homemade RVs. Schoolies. Schoolies. Tiny homes. Van li- hashtag van life. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back. <laughs> All right, for this segment, we wanted to talk about something that's that's near and dear to us. So near and dear. We are owners of a school bus that we have converted into our very own RV. We did. We do. Built from scratch. Yep. And this is, it's not a new thing. No. People have been doing this for a while, but there seems to be a... A, a, a momentum a growing moment for it. For school bus conversions tiny homes, which we call custom motor homes and custom travel trailers. <laughs> we think there's a, there's a little bit of, of distance between people who 
are tiny homers and people who are RVers. And we want to bridge that gap. Yes. Because everyone's journey is different. And, you know, in the year and a half or so that we have been a part of what is called the schoolie community, which is, you know, what we all call ourselves as we're converting our school buses, you know, we have just noticed that this is this is growing. And uh, we thought it would just be really interesting maybe just to spend a few minutes talking about it, give our sort of insight onto why we did this. Um, you know, we bought a 2002 Thomas school bus back in February of last year from a very nice gentleman in Ohio. And this was with the intention of converting it to go full time with our boys. Um, prior to buying the bus, though, we had done some pretty extensive research on RVs. And we loved everything we were seeing. We just wished that we could have plucked from here and plucked from there. And we decided, well, we can. We just have to go about it differently. And RVs weren't new to us. It was just, you know, going full time, we had to figure out a way to have spaces for our three kids where we weren't converting a dinette for their bed every night, where they had their places for all of their schoolwork and and all that so we wanted to build something that was custom exactly to our needs there might have been some things that existed that would yeah i'm sure there would have but not in our price range no no not in our price range and you know it was kind of a fun project for our family we got to do this with our boys we got to kind of experience building our own home this was the first time i think you know as urban dwellers we had been living in apartments and condos in Chicago. We've been renters. And this was the first time we'd ever actually built something the way we wanted it to be designed. And, you know, as we were talking about Instagram in the earlier segment, there is such a schooly um, bus life or van life or tiny home, tiny home on wheels life on Instagram. Any of those can be hashtags. And you will just kind of pull up all of these different people who are choosing to take on what I think so many full-time RVers or people who are weekenders or part-timers and their RVs already know. And that is kind of the excitement of getting out there and experiencing travel, but just in a way that suits them best. And, you know, a lot of people, there's been a big trend over the last several years. And I think it's kind of grown recently to convert old RVs, to give them a new life. We see that a lot. Mm -hmm. We see that a lot with Airstreams. And we also see that a lot with vans. This is a really big thing, especially amongst, you know, what we would call millennials. I get kind of a little sensitive about boxing people into, to um, I don't know, types. But a younger generation that wants to get out on the road and experience travel for themselves and converting vans into living spaces. And it's super cool to Mm -hmm. see what people are doing with their RVs. And even, you know, some people I am noticing are even actually purchasing their RV and then they're, they're rehabbing it. They're, they're completely converting it. They're painting it. Maybe they didn't like that the sofa was here and they're moving it. And everyone I think feels really emboldened by this tiny house movement to create a lifestyle that works for them. And we certainly did that with Wanderbus. Like she is, she's the sixth member of our family. Like when she had to have her transmission place replaced last November, we all felt 
the loss of her, like we were staying with family while it was happening, and we felt kind of like she was undergoing surgery, and she you was, know, yeah. she, I guess she was in her own special way, but you know, she is a very special member of our family, and for us, we love living in a school bus, and we love being able to talk about the RV lifestyle that comes with this unique experience. Yeah, and there, there's a stigma, I think, sometimes for, for people that do this. And again, it's sort of that divide between RVers and And, and we others. shouldn't be and, divided, right? Because we all have one goal. Right, and and we're all just trying to travel and see the world and, and in our own way. And what I really loved about the process of building our own RV was I, I learned everything about every system involved in RV. I know our, you know our electrical and our water system from top to bottom. I can repair it very easily without taking it into you know, an expensive shop. Our kids learned a lot as we were building it. They got to see me working on it and they got to see Abby working on it. And, and we got to design our own space. RVs, it's no secret, are facing a crisis of quality among the manf- manufacturers. Yeah, I would agree. There are some great manufacturers out there that are putting good product out there. You know, it, it's very common for somebody to drive their new RV off the lot and for them to have to drive it right back to service for several months of repairs because XYZ didn't get done correctly and, and isn't working. That's unfortunate. It's really unfortunate. It's very unfortunate. And, you know, that can also, those kinds of things can also happen when you're converting something in an mm-hmm. older nature, as obviously, you know, our bus had to have a new transmission put into it. But, you know, there is sort of, I think, like you were saying, not only is there sort of this quality issue maybe or confusion going on right now but I think too in regards to style and sort of bringing the RV into the 21st century I think that there's a little bit of an identity crisis there too like yeah a lot of RVs look the same and and that's that's not a knock you know there it's the same reason that homes in subdivisions subdivisions all look the same it's the same reason why you can only get in a, cert, a certain car in, in three different colors. It, it's because it, it's easier for that manufacturer to sell something that doesn't, you know, stick out. Sure. As much as people say they want something unique and different, that's not actually what sells. And right. that's been proven time and time again. But if you are those, one of those people that wants something super unique, this is a way to do it. I think, though, this trend of people building their own RVs is driving trends in the RV manufacturer sector as well. I would agree with that because even if you look at like HGTV, well, I think they have two tiny house hunter shows Mm -hmm. now. Like we just watched one the other night that featured a school bus conversion. I know the DIY network also has a tiny homes, um, like house hunters or builders And so I think because this movement is becoming so popular and because people do desire to have, you know, a tiny house on wheels or to convert their own or to buy something off of a dealer, I think that all of those are influencing one another now. And I think we are going to see the industry start to change a lot. I think we have seen a lot of really cool, smaller 
uh, RVs lately, like yeah. really tiny little teardrop ones that have kind of blown my mind in how sleek and modern and just really well laid out for something so small. And I yeah. do think that that is a direct result of this, you know, bursting sort of tiny house movement where it's all going to land. Like when, you know, the peak, we hit the peak and the frenzy and then it starts to, to dip off. I don't know, but you know, I think it is kind of interesting to watch right now how the two industries are influencing each other. And hopefully that is going to help bridge the gap of this sort of separation of opinion that we see between the RVers and the converters. Yeah. And I hope that, I hope that changes. One of the, the, a couple of the more difficult things for for people that own a tiny home or a school bus conversion are getting insured. Yeah, that's, and, that's a difficult one. And being um, and private campgrounds and can not be being difficult. allowed in some private campgrounds. Yeah, and hopefully, as as people that are building nicer and nicer homemade RVs, that will become more acceptable to insurers and to campgrounds because. I think it's something to be encouraged. It's it's reusing, it's recycling. You know, uh, the reason we have a school bus is most states are required to get rid of their school buses after 15 years. It's usually a state law. So the school district gets rid of their, their bus and it's in perfectly good shape, but nobody wants it because it can't be used for anything else. So right. they, they end up in Mexico as part of the public transportation system down there often, really. So you can get them very cheap. And you're helping reduce waste by by reusing them. Yeah, and I think for us, like, you know, money was a, a big factor um, because, and we also had a really quick turnaround that we wanted to do this. So we had to have a lot of the money up front. But I think when it was all said and done, we did our conversion, including the purchasing of the bus for around $25,000, you know, and if you want, um, we do have plenty of pictures of Bussy up on our Instagram page at Our Wandering Family. You know, I think for what we needed and what we wanted to do with it, it was exactly what our, you know, worked perfect for us. It was what we needed out of a recreational vehicle in order to go full time and pursue this lifestyle. And... It has been great to see sort of the reception that we receive from people when we're in campgrounds. We do always, if we're going to stay in a private campground, we do always call them before we book the reservation. And we ask them, are you comfortable with a school bus conversion? And we have been told no. We've been told no. We We've been, been asked no. to send pictures sometimes. We've been asked to send pictures. Because, you know, you, they do get, they get people who, who buy a bus and... And they do it for, and those people have designed and put their bus yeah. together in whatever way they need it to be, and that's their bus. And it is also the campground owner's right to say, yeah. perhaps I don't want that particular style of RV in there. But you know, we also have felt at times that the you know the traditional RV yeah. that's twenty five years old and has got rust all over it compared to our bus which has got a beautiful paint job right, on what's it the right, what's the right. difference you know like yeah but you know again sometimes they're nervous that somebody's you know they've got a couch thrown in the back of the school bus and, <laughs> yeah. and they're camping in it and that and that that might turn off their other customers um, but we hope through our travels and the travels of others and even just talking about it on this podcast that maybe we can kind of begin to open the door a little bit to these two communities because when we have stayed at private campgrounds they oh have gosh. been so 
nice and like welcoming always, but then just amazed by what they see. I and can't I- give you tell you how many <laughs> tours we give <laughs> to people. <laughs> When we, we stay do. at a busy campground, they're just, and we love it, and we, we love, love to it, welcome. We love it, we love it. But we also have a really like at this point. We, we also do. live in it, so. <laughs> and but we do have like a standard like, welcome to our home. It's a 2002 Thomas school bus. We built it in about nine months, and we have kind of like this standard script now that we say when we walk people through to hit points that because people want to know, they want to know like. Do you have a bathroom in here? Do you have a shower? Yes, we do. We're, we have a shower. We have a composting toilet. I even have a dishwasher in here. And they're always so amazed. And they say, oh, I want to go and do that. And that's great. Yeah. and <laughs> But we do give a lot of tours of yeah. Bussy. She sees a lot of traffic. Yeah. And we're, we're you know, we're very involved in the RV community with, with this podcast and this website. And we're very involved in the school bus conversion community. And there's not a lot of crosstalk between the two. And it's so time to start talking. We find ourselves, we're always, we're always explaining one to the other. Yes. And, um, and I, you know, I, I think it's only good for the industry to, to accept these people that are doing this. Because the fact that people are doing this is going to drive more variety in manufacturing of new RVs. It's going to drive more diversity in the the quality of the construction of them mm-hmm. and the acceptance of, you know, the 10-year rule that a lot of us really can't stand at some RV parks that are trying to, you know, the more and more vintage campers that The vintage camper movement is so great. are going to sort of bust down some of those barriers. Yes. And and I think it's it's all for the good. There are just a lot of people not only wanting to RV, but wanting to live small and live in their RV. And that is just so exciting to me. I hope, you know, listeners understand that today we're just highlighting these sort of like alternative ways to travel and to RV, but that in no way diminishes the class A's, the class B's, the class C's, the, you know, the travel trailers, the toy haulers, the fifth wheels, like all of those still are just as important what to the community. What a great time to be alive. There are just <laughs> so true. many different ways to get out on the road. And and it's just fantastic. And there are, it's a problem that there's a lot of people out there, but let's get some more campgrounds built. Let's invite everybody to them and let's all have a lot of let's fun. Let's all together. have a lot of fun. And so on that note, we're going to have a riddle for this week. And I picked it out. I'm going to read it. Jason has to try and figure it out. If you also figure it out, please email us at editor at rvmiles.com and let us know. Or you can tweet it to us or Facebook or you can Instagram it with a hashtag rvmiles. So here it is. Jason, are you ready? Yes. Shoot. (laughs) Okay. What can travel around the world while staying in a corner. Hmm. I'll say it again. What can travel around the world while staying in a corner? Do you want to take a guess? Mm, um, I'm going to have to think about this You're going to have to think about it? Uh-huh. Okay. So he's going to go off and think about it. Thank you so much for listening. Please, if you're enjoying this podcast, it would be 
awesome if you would subscribe to us on iTunes. And give us a review. Oh, please give us a review. Five stars if you'd like. <laughs> Just for the brain teasers alone. Um, but anyway, you guys, keep on logging those RV miles, and we will see you next week. Thanks. Bye. Bye.